This is the Women with Vision podcast, where we get real with some of the leading entrepreneurial superwomen about what it takes to build a business online and beyond with kids, husbands, and everything else. All right, superwomen, I am really, really excited today uh, to introduce my next guest, I just met her not that long ago, and she is incredible because of what she has created in her life and some of the experiences that she has. Her name is Roma Bajaj Kohli. And uh, Roma, what part of the country are you calling from? New Jersey. You're in Jersey, and it's not that easy. It's, It's difficult right now in New Jersey, right? Yes, it is. Oh my goodness, how is your family doing? Family is doing great so far, just about to uh, rip each other off because of the uh, sitting at home all the yeah. time. Uh, my husband loves it, honestly, but it's just the kids are like, they're really missing their friends in school. Yes, I bet. It's really difficult because it's such a new thing. And it's, you know, after so long, it's like you feel like you're bouncing off the walls. Things are, you know, it's so different than what we're used to. And I think it's harder for kids. Yes, definitely. Also, outside parks and everything are closed here. So kids, even if they get out, they really feel like they have nothing to do. Right. That's right. That's right. Well, you are a life coach. You're a host. You're a motivational speaker. And you have your own women's empowerment organization. So Mm -hmm. I was so excited to talk to you because right now I think a lot of people do need all of that. They need to be empowered. They need to be motivated. And, uh, but you didn't start as a coach. So tell me a little bit about uh, your global traveling adventures. Right. So I think the first time I ever stepped out of my birth city even in India, I'm from India originally, and I haven't really, I hadn't really explored the other cities around because I came, I was born into a very protective family and they just wanted to keep me close to them at all times. And in India at that time, it wasn't the best, safest thing to let um, their daughters go out. So my mom and dad were very protective, but when I got married to my husband and I got married pretty young at the age of 21, that was the first time I stepped out of India. Like I had never been anywhere before that. So I've lived in London, Paris, Switzerland, and then now New York. And all these places I have actually traveled for my husband's work. Mm, Wow. So you've been traveling a lot. And, but during that time you were, um, a fashion apparel designer. Did that actually start in India? Were you in fashion before? So I basically uh, joined the fashion in, uh, fashion school when I was in my undergrad, right after high school. I mean, even before high school, because I was I knew I was very creative and I wanted to just explore my imagination and creativity. So that's what I started. And I started working in India, but it was when I went to London for the first time that It took me almost forever because before I went to London, I was working with a company where I was heading their corporate wear brand. And when when my husband had this opportunity to work in London, I went with him and it was so like it was devastating for me because 
my Indian, you know, academic and fashion apparel designing wasn't recognized. They wanted me to get another certification from there. And my husband didn't know how long we would be there. So to commit to a course um, was very hard at that time. And so I started with being an intern all over again when I was in London. And then it took me about eight to nine months to land a proper job. But I was fortunate enough to get um, to get as you know, get a job as a fashion denim designer, outerwear designer um, for one of the, it was an export company Mm -hmm. and they were selling to the high street brands like Topshop, River Island, Zara. So I got a good, good exposure, but I think I was in that job for six months or less. Mm -hmm. And then my husband got a call that his job in, in London is over because at that time it was 2008, we had hit the, uh, the oh, low point yes. of the economy, right? So, yes. so we had to go back. It was almost like overnight. We had to pack our entire life there and just go back. And when we went back to India again, because I did not have kids at that time, I was very passionate about having my own identity. And so I, I did something or the other, and I didn't want it to go back to my job, but Every time that we moved from a place, I got an opportunity to reevaluate who I wanted to be now. Yes, yes, yes. I, you know what? This is so good because not everyone is so self-aware. You know what I'm saying? That they realize that this is a time. And I even think about that right now. Now, here we are in the coronavirus. We're all isolated at home. It's really a good time to reevaluate who yes. do you want to be now? This is so good. So this is what happened to you naturally when you went back to India. And then what did you decide? And then I was like, okay, maybe I'll look for a job in another uh, city. But my husband went back to my birth city, like where I was born. He had a house there and there weren't really many fashion houses there. You know, they were more in the cosmopolitan cities of India. And then I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And then suddenly I met with a teacher, my professor who had taught me in the fashion industry um, school. He said to me that, uh, Roma, there's an opportunity for a design school, which is opening up new in, in my t- hometown. And he said, why don't you just apply to, you know, see if you can get a teaching job there. And I'm like, no, I haven't taught. And I was just two or three years older to my students because I was going to teach the degree project students. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, no, I can't do that. And he's like, no, you just try it. The HOD is a very nice person. She's a friend of mine. Just, I just put in your word because I think you have this global experience of you know going through an internship all over again and working in London. I think you'll be able to provide a lot of value to the students. And I was like, really? And I went in for the interview and I got the job. And then I was an adjunct faculty for, I think, again, less than a year when wow. my husband got called to move to Paris. Wow. 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 That is incredible. So now here you are, you started off your industry in the fashion industry. You've been to London, now back to India. You're now teaching at a university and then you're off to Paris, which just sounds amazing to me. And so when you get to Paris, now what happens? I mean, again, like I didn't know the language French. I knew a little bit of German, but they spoke completely French there. And I was lost. I was like, again, like, oh my God, what is this? But 
I think I was young and I really wanted to see the world because I had never explored it. So my husband and me, and also, you know, we were on that still honeymoon stage. We were enjoying our adventures of life. And so it took me again about six months before my, I had, a, I had a, again, a friend of mine who worked in the fashion industry. He used to, uh, you know, hand draw. Uh, he used to hand weave, sorry, the botic. I don't know if you know, he would digitally design the botic print. It's a kind of a tie and dye technique in, um, you do it in India, but he would have weavers hand, uh, hand do that technique, but he would make the prints on, on digitally. Okay. So it was, it was very interesting for me. Like he, I had connections, but he was from the West side of India, like Calcutta. Uh-huh. And so for me to like be in touch with him. And he said that I am coming to Paris. Would you like to help me for pret a Paris? And I'm like, of course. I mean, I didn't have a job then. And I was like, if I can come with you to even like just clean and iron your, um, your clothes and all the accessories, I'm going to do it because I would get to then make, build a network there. Of course, of course. And so um, he shipped all his, you know, products to me. He used to make outerwear scarves and shoes and uh, bags and shoes and bags he used to do with this embroidery called Kantha work, um, which was again, hand done on silk. And those shoes and bags were handmade. So they were beautiful but and then he uh so he tells me one night before the show is about to start that he can make it because the indian embassy did not approve his schengen visa the the visa he needed to come to europe and here i am looking and just sweating and wondering like what am i gonna do i don't even know his business as well I was just going to go help him, like really be the assistant, like, you know, do, do nothing, but just iron the clothes. And what do I do now? And he was like, I don't know, Uh, because he had paid everything up front. One day before, there was no way he was going to get a cancellation. And so I went there, I set it all up for him and I did his business. And I was in, I was there for a week doing the work for him and, that really led us to become partners in the business then. And that was like my exposure of being an entrepreneur for the first time. And it was, it was very interesting, the kind of people I met, the kind of business I was able to bring to him. Like I didn't even know that I was so good at building relationships with people and sales and doing business. Like I never had experienced that part of me. So I was fortunate enough that all these, um, you know, these, these places that felt like, oh my God, where am I being thrown into? And they all turned out to be very revealing for who I was. It revealed my identity to me, my potential to me, which I wouldn't have otherwise realized. You know, what's interesting that I'm picking up from you and that's like very clear is that, and I read this book, um, there's a book called The Power of Yes, Mm. Um, and um, being intentionality around the word yes. And mm. you are a yes person. Mm. That's what it is. Because even when I uh, met you and you got the information, you were a yes. And, and I think that has like driven you, probably giving you all these experiences that a lot of people do not have because they are not in that space of, right. you know, because you could have easily said no, even though he sent everything you're going to be like, no, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. You could have easily said no when you were invited to go and uh, interview for that job 
to be a faculty member. Mm -hmm. So it, it does, I can see it telling a lot about you. Just from me knowing you now, I see who you are mm -hmm. by those stories. That's amazing. Right. And for me, it was very shocking because when I was tallying, I, well, I'm not good at accounts or anything, but my husband was helping me. And when we were tallying, we saw like we made him business for over 50,000 euros. And, and he was like, this is the best I could ever do. You know, he not only just recovered everything that he had invested in his business, you know, to exhibit there, but much more. And he had, he still has those clients and he still works with them. That's amazing. And how long were you partners with, the, with this guy? So I think I worked with him for about two years. Mm -hmm. And then we, um, I came back to India. I was still working with him. I also went after Paris, like in, we were, we were there for two years. When we came back, my, um, I came back to India. I, luckily I got my job back as, as a faculty, but this time I was a guest faculty because I also, um, was about to conceive with my first child at that time. So I was a guest faculty and I was still working with my friend, you know, I was doing some of his designs and stuff but then um when i had to go to switzerland this work just became too much for me to manage and i wasn't keeping so well during my first pregnancy so i just had to tell him that i can't do this anymore right. mm -hmm. and so okay so then you guys you went to switzerland you have your first child yeah and uh and then and then did you become a coach at that point did you decide that you wanted to do some a switch or were you still in the uh, fashion industry. So when I was in Switzerland, I was still looking for jobs in the fashion industry. And but with my child at home, I was finding it hard to take that much time out. So I wanted something I could work part time from home, or, you know, full time from home. But mm -hmm. It took me again about, I think, one and a half year because, again, there German was the language and that we were in Zurich. So that was, again, a challenge, mm -hmm. though I did do I did study German for two levels there. But even then, I, I was still managing only basic level German and they have a thick dialect. Like it's very oh, hard yes. to understand their accent. So mm -hmm. it was hard. And I was figuring things out with the new baby being a mom for the first time and stuff. I, I landed a job with a consult, uh, with an, with Esprit. I don't know if you've Esprit, heard of it. Yeah. 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 Esprit. I was their uh, catalog designer. I just used to do all that, you know, catalog designing back uh, from home. And I used to send him all, I would just go take pictures on mannequin and just do the catalog designing for them. Mm -hmm. Again, that worked for me for six months and, that's it. It was time for us to come back to India. I mean, it <laughs> always happened. Also, because, you know, sometimes every country has its own challenges. You need yes. to figure out where, what, how, when, and the language barrier. And sometimes you have personal issues, right? So it was challenging to, I'm not going to paint this picture saying, I traveled all, uh, almost half of the world and uh, it was easy for me to just figure everything out. It definitely wasn't. I mean, I've had my own share of being in my own way and crying and just feeling like I'm, I'm the most, uh, you know, like, why is God being so right. unkind to me? Right. Right. right? So, yeah, I've had my own moments of those. But when I connect the dots back, I realize that all those adventures really make me who I am today. Yes. And then you also, at some point, you created a, a method, which I find very inter interesting. You founder of the Awakened Mind 
method, which is an eight week transformation program mm-hmm. uh, for soul centered women leaders uh, to master their mind by owning their true power and awakening their innate intelligence through play. Mm. So let's break this down because uh, I love this whole idea about the awakened mind method. Um, How did you come up with that? So what happened was when we moved to New York, I actually for this was the time when I actually told my husband that I think you should just go ahead to New York and uh, get your job. I won't join you. You know, that this was after our Switzerland trip. And, and he said, okay, fine, because I had my job back in the university and I really, they wanted me to become a permanent faculty with them. And I was considering that. And I really wanted to stick with my career. Now I wanted more consistency and stability. And so it was just six months after he left, I was like, I can't do this. My child was missing a, a whole, dad, right. the ex, yeah, experience of his being with his dad. And um, it was hard. It was just getting very challenging for us to manage back there. And so I decided to come here knowing that for four years, or more, I wouldn't be able to work because I was coming here on a dependent work visa. Mm. And that was the time really, the Awaken Mind method was something that came to me very recently, but it it was my four and a half, five years of journey that I lived here on that dependent work visa, trying to explore. I was like a serial entrepreneur. I would sleep with business ideas in my head. I would wake up with them and then I would cry and just throw them in the trash by myself. (laughs) I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And when I say that I help women, you know, tap into their innate intelligence through play, it was solely because when I would, I also conceived my daughter, you know, when I came to us my second child so when i gave birth to her and when i would see my child like my son and my daughter play together in a playground i would just you know i would see how much how happy and free they felt and for me i knew that entrepreneurship or doing something of my own i would i didn't know what would make me would be my playground and that's why I say that, you know, for me, entrepreneurship is less business and it's more like a playground where I get to be whoever I want to be. I get to be the CEO. I get to be, you know, the, the hero of my, the face of my brand, right? I get to be whoever I want to be. I love that. And it's so very true. I was watching this uh, program the other day about, um, getting things done and being more productive. And they say, that if you want to get things more, uh, be more productive, it should be like playing. Yes. Right. It should be considered like playing. You're more creative at play mm. than you are. If you are either not even, people are not even as motivated by money when it comes to creativity. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. It's all about having fun and you get a lot more, you come up with better ideas, you come up with, you know, much more efficient ideas at play. So that really does make a lot of sense. Mm. What do you think that your biggest hurdle uh, Mm. that you've had to overcome? Because I would imagine, you know, you have been through, like you, like you mentioned, you've been through a lot of different things in a lot of countries, um, but you have had to overcome them. So what do you think it was? So for me, I think the biggest hurdle has been the four years, the four and a half years of being a stay at home mom and being in this state of 
a confused preneur. Like I was known as the confused preneur in my networking group of women, you know, the, the one that I'm a leader of now. Uh -huh. Because I used to hate to say that I'm a stay-at-home mom. I don't know why. So I think that's the hardest thing to do right now. Like, you know, but I would, I came up with this name that I am an entrepreneur, but I don't know what, so I'm a confused preneur. Mm -hmm. and when I you would say that, everyone would just laugh and smile and be like, you're amazing. Like, you know how to put yourself out there, even when you're confused. <laughs> I think my biggest hurdle was those four and a half years of figuring out what is it that I really, really love to do. And really finding, because as a mom, I knew my the value of time and energy yes. I needed to spend with my kids. And I think that was my biggest change of, I had to do something as much uh, substantial and impactful for me yeah. uh, that would not make me feel guilty for taking the time away from my kids. And that was, that. I think that was my hardest um, and biggest hurdle and COVID has actually bought those fears back because the first week my kids were back from school and I just started feeling like, oh my God, am I getting sucked into the spiral and the fear of being, being that stay at mom, stay at home mom again, because it is just two years back that I started my business. And now I'm feeling, I just started to get a handle over my work and life balance and the control over my day, how I carve out time for myself and my family. I was just walking that, you know, I call it balance is like walking over that beam, like gymnast walk. Yes. And I was just, I was just mastering the art of, you know, being aware and conscious of my time and managing that. And then COVID happened. And then I'm like, everyone's home. Everyone's constantly hungry. Kids constantly need me for their homes, you know, their remote learning. Yes. And I was like, just tearing my head apart. And my and this is so interesting. I, I think your viewers would love, your audience would love to hear this is three, third day into the COVID. I cried and I just gave up and I told my husband, I wanted to have an adult conversation. So I sent, I said to the kids, can you please excuse mommy and daddy? And I literally cried my heart out to my husband. And I said, do you really think that this Awakened Mind Method, the online program that I'm about to launch, should I push it back for June or July? And, you know, my husband agreed and he said, yeah, looks like this is a very stressful time for everyone because obviously the fear was getting on to him as well. Right. And, and so he was like that. Yeah, I think I agree. You should push it back. And I was like, okay, I had the conversation with him. I almost made peace with the fact that instead of launching in April and I'm going to launch it in June or July. Mm -hmm. And that would give me breather to adjust with the kids. Right. And then I came out and my daughter is very curious. She's seven. Mm -hmm. So she asked me, mommy, what, what were you and daddy talking? And I said that I have been very honest with my kids. So I told them that this is exactly what we were talking. Right. And my son, I cannot forget his expression. He was sitting on the kitchen island and he, and when I said to my daughter that Papa and me have decided that this course that I was working on, I'm going to push it back because, you know, it's just too much to manage with you guys. My son just closes his laptop with his eyes wide open mm -hmm. and he says, no, 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 no. That is not happening. That you, is hilarious. Yes. And he told me, you, mama, are not pushing your work back for us. 
if there's something we need to figure out that's between R9 and me, we'll figure it out. Just like daddy gets six hours of work, you will be given three to four hours in the daytime from us free to do whatever you need to do. You can isolate yourself. You can sit in the room, be wherever you want, but that's not happening. You're not pushing your work behind one more time. Oh my goodness. I and I just, kid. I froze. I literally froze in my body and I was like, oh, yes, these are the human beings I produced in these this world. Human beings that you created. <laughs> I cannot even get enough of that. I wish that was on video. I would play that every single day. That is the best thing ever. Like, and then, you know, we were having, yeah. sorry. Yeah. No, no, you're, this is so great. No, go ahead. So then we, we were kind of having a celebratory moment, like we were celebrating it in, in the kitchen. And my husband comes up and he's like, what's this commotion? Your mother was crying 10 minutes back. And now you guys are like, music is on. Everyone's dancing. What just happened? And uh, my son said that we gave mama the permission to keep doing her business. Okay. So you and mama did not make a very, very smart decision. You, you, you guys didn't. And so we gave her the permission and my husband is like, that's all, that's it. You know, if you guys can support us, there's so much we can do. Oh my God. Okay. So this is everything. So everything, I have to put some emphasis on this. There was something I had wrote in a book that I wrote. I wrote a book called a woman side hustle right? Mm. It was one of my first number one uh, best selling books. One of the things I put in it because it came from, it was like this for me too. At some point mm. I realized that, oh, I can't separate my work from mm. like, sometimes we try to go like women are like spaghetti. Okay. We are yeah. like, everything touches. There's no way that we can compartmentalize things. We, it doesn't happen because right. everything touches, right? But here's the thing, in order for it to work, you have to get, you have to include people, every, your family into the process so that they understand what's happening so that they're rooting for you, not push them away and say, oh, this is separate from you. And you just proved it just now with that, like you, I was so smart of you for uh, when they asked, you included them in it because he gave you the best advice ever. Right. And they now, because they're a part of it, they are going to support you on that. Yes. Because they, they understand. Oh my God, this is so great. I love that. It's so great. I think if everyone really looked at it like that and not use their kids as an excuse. Yeah. You know, mm. because. Yeah. My, I mean, for me, I think my, my business only started because of my kids. I mean, I just wanted to leave a legacy behind that they would be proud of. Yes. Yeah, me too. I, I, oh man, for 100%, one of the reasons, the reason why I started my business was because of my son. And all along, I was trying to figure out how to get home, how to get home, how to get home, how to get home. I was side hustling for so long. Right. And, uh, and finally I said, no, I'm going home and I'm making this, making this work and making this happen. So, oh my goodness. So, um, what, what do you use personally? Because, you know, you're talking about the awakened mind and you might have it in your course. Mm -hmm. But what do you use personally to stay motivated or just to mm -hmm. kind of stay in the game? Right. So, so for me, I have to tell you this, that coaching wasn't always a part of my life, right? I had never personally been coached. 
But ever since I think I was five or six, I always said that when I grow up, I want to be Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. And then I got introduced to Oprah Winfrey. I mean, we all want to be her. I, I said I wanted to be her. I wanted to do what she does. Yeah. And I realized that in some way they were all teachers and guides yeah. and inspirations, right? So that is what I always wanted to do and be. So for me personally, my motivation comes from the fact that now I have, you know, taken the 100% responsibility of who I am and who I want to become. And just simply that being in, in integrity and congruency with myself is what motivates me is because yeah. I don't just do this for me or for money or for any, you know, for the, for the well-being of my family. I do it because I have these little eyes watching me every night before I go to sleep and every morning when we wake up together you know my daughter she looks up to me as the woman of the house and she really looks at me whether I'm happy and when I'm not you know how kids are they usually pick up the mother's energy even now like my kids are nine and seven they still pick up my energy if I'm having a fabulous mentally you know like a happy day they are happy if not they get cranky along with me so for me doing something even two hours three hours of daily work I put in myself and my business gives me so much happiness that they they return that back to me you know like they see that in me and my 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 what do I say my my lightness my you know the energy in me lights in their eyes Yes. Yes. I, I would, I agree. I agree with that. So what advice would you give to anyone who is, you know, going through something or they're at a place where they're feeling stuck, Mm. you know, they are uh, COVID-19 and they're feeling down about the situation. Uh, Any advice you would give to an entrepreneur? Yeah. I mean, I would just tell them that it is, COVID-19 does not have the capacity to bring up any unknown fears. It will only bubble on the surface what is already existing within you. So if you're feeling some fears that are, you know, of course, um, much more larger than you than you have ever experienced them in this moment, it's fair. But all I would say is only you can hold your hand and walk through the other side of the bridge. As much as we, I want to say that my kids helped me make that decision, but the reason I shared it with my daughter when she asked me, what did you and daddy discuss, was because somewhere in my heart, I didn't feel right for the decision that my husband said, push right. it back. Yeah. Because I was like, push it back until when? None right. of us know when this COVID is ending, ending right. Right? right? We don't know the end of this. Right. And so don't wait for for it to be the right opportunity. Now, because I run the women's empowerment organization, I hear women saying all the time, oh, no, 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 no. This is not a time to sell. This is just a time to give freebies. And, you know, and I'm like, do you know why you sell? If you sell for a higher purpose, you don't even need to worry about what time it is. Every time is the right time. Every time, because we are servants. Yes. Servants, no matter what. We are here to help, you know, and what we are, what we have created, what we have overcome, what we have, what the transformation that we've gotten, 
Right. You're here to give transformation to other people. So we are servants. So that's if you always are in that mindset, right? Never a wrong time to give that and make sure that you and, it's, and you should be compensated for that. There's no problem with, with any of it. So I mean Roma, I love you. Oh my goodness. I love your story. So many gems in that. And uh, and just just who you've been for your whole life and it just keeps showing up. So Definitely, if you want to keep uh, learn some more about Roma, definitely go to her wellness by Roma.com uh, website and uh, get, stay connected with her. And I'm so excited that we are going to be continuing to do some more things. Yes. Yes, I'm so excited about that. So thank you so much, Roma, and you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you, Tam. Thank you.